Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Starter Gear Podcast. I'm Ram Katie alongside Shane, Ho- oh, Shane Holcomb. Oh, my God, I can't pronounce your name for some reasons. Late. Okay, whatever. Great start. Um, and then <laughs> and then today, uh, guys, Drive to Survive Season 6 just dropped, and Shane and I watched it in a span of, what, a day now? So we're, we, we got all the spoiler reviews for you guys to just lock it in. I'm just I'm I'm getting the spoiler warnings out of the way for all you like movie TV buff people that like to put these like spoiler free reviews before the spoiler reviews. Now we're just going straight to the spoilers. Like if, if you haven't watched yet, go watch it and then come back to this because we're not going to give you all this spoiler th- free stuff that's going on. We're just giving you the spoilers. We're giving you the full breakdown of the episode. No ands or buts. We're just going to give it to you straight like we see it. And, you know, Shane, this one was a very interesting one to say. I think. There's a case to be made that this was better than the last one, but like I just think with these whole drive to survive stuff, now that we're F1 fans, it's like we didn't enjoy it. It's like I can't enjoy it the way I used to because it's not like I watched the whole F1 season beforehand before watching that. Because like you and I already know what happens throughout all of this. And it's almost like when is this gonna happen? When is that gonna happen? And this at the third. So we get to put on our, you know, little TV review hats and try and discuss this whole thing. So, um, yeah, was season six, interesting stuff. It was okay for what it's worth. They used the copycat, same format, but there was some highlights this year and there was definitely some lowlights. So we'll we'll discuss all that here. But Shane, first and foremost, how you doing? What are your thought process with um, Drive to Survive? And can you tell us a little bit of an interesting story you had while watching the Shadow to Survive story? Oh my gosh, this kid. <laughs> of course, yes. Let's get the let's get the it's a very patented shame thing to, to dab yeah. into him. So he'll discuss so, that himself. If you do know me, you know that I like to take, you know, a, a nap every now and then. Um, <laughs> but I think I was on season uh yeah, well obviously season six, but episode like eight when I think it was the Forza Ferrari episode of him yeah. uh, we're assuming correctly. Yeah. And you know it's late here on the East Coast. You know, Rome's. You know, he's he's trying to he's trying to frame it so it's late on the West Coast. It's not late on the West Coast. Right now it's eight p.m. This guy, this guy's a he's an old man. But I digress. <laughs> um, <laughs> I you know I fall asleep during watching the Ferrari episode, which is kind of impressive if you think about it, because there's a lot <laughs> of interesting stuff during that episode. And um, oh my god, bro, trying to make know, excuses for himself, bro. That's hilarious. You know, Rome. I woke up today early because I, you know, I watched a certain football club lose a certain football uh, cup title, which I don't want to talk about. Um, another final loss for my beloved Chelsea, but um, I just I don't even want to think about it. Um, it's a reaction drive survive. Listen, I think it always makes the season look a little bit more interesting than it actually was, and I think yeah. it gave me some appreciation for moments that we did have, even though it seemed like we had such few moments of you know like i what like parody i guess is the word you know because even though yes max did win you know so many races last season it was still really cool to see you know go through each constructor and you know get their perspective on things because i think sometimes you kind of can put aside you know the likes of alfataris and alpine as much as we like to criticize netflix as you know maybe over you know, magnifying glass of those two constructors, you know, like, it's not like we, we don't, we don't know what's going on between, you know, those two teams behind, you know, the scenes in the great garage, you know, so it's, it's cool to get that perspective of things, I guess, but it's definitely interesting seeing what Netflix prioritized putting out on their screens because, you know, there's been some criticism about it so far already. 
the lack of, um, you know, Max Verstappen presence, you know, the guy won 19 races out of 22. Um, you know, they, they, they like to throw, they, they like to throw in every, every now and then like him, like crossing the finish line and just like Crofty saying like, Oh, Max Verstappen has won X Grand Prix or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, that was kind of all he got, but, uh, you know, it's, it's Netflix is in the entertainment business, you know, so they have to find ways to give us some entertainment. And I think they did an okay job considering the circumstances that yes, it was a pretty, you know, rinse and repeat season when it comes to Grand Prix weekend. So, you know what, kudos to Netflix, even though I'll give them some criticism later. Yeah. So there, like, like we said, there's always some criticism involved with this franchise with Driver Survive, if it even is a documentary franchise series, what have you. But yeah, I, I, I agree with kind of all your points there, right? Like, it, it kind of gives you a, a better perspective in terms of like, oh yeah, we had this moment happen. Yeah, we had that moment happen in terms of like the the battle for the back markers and the battle for the midfield, which I think for some F1 fans is more important than the actual championship. Because if you're like a diehard fan of some of these teams, you want to be at the top of the midfield or you want to be at the top of the back marker. And that's just kind of what F1 is. It's not like one of these American sports leagues where you're trying to root for your team to win a championship. Yeah, that's the main focus, but like, a lot of these European teams, like if you look at the Premier League too, we'll, we'll, bring, we'll bring soccer back into this too, right? Like if you if you even get like a Champions League spot and a top four seed in your league and even like a Europa League spot if your team is lucky to get in, to get in there, like that's a W in their book. So I think with European sports, like kind of limitation in terms of like how good your team is, it's very different compared to American sports. I think we kind of, you know, take that for granted in some situations, but Again, I kind of liked what they did with a lot of these like team by team basis. It's kind of like, yeah, they yeah they kind of oversaturated some moments, but they kind of gave moments some light that we kind of needed. It was very like, it was very like, yeah, it's cool, but like you didn't need to do that much with some of these teams. So it's very like kind of up in the air in terms of you know a lot of these you know, episodes and stuff like that. But I kind of the first thing that kind of jumped out to me in terms of the things that I personally liked about uh, the series was the way they the way they talked about McLaren because. McLaren had a great year. They had a great episode, I think, just based off of, you know, and it, and it showcases what they're so good at, and that's showing off those drivers' personalities. And I think especially when you bring in guys like Piastri and Norris and that whole Piastri video where he had that Hard Knocks Jets video of him getting locked out of the Woking factory on the first day. Like, that's just something all people can relate to because if you – like if you forgot your like scan card or ID trying to get into a building, like that's just relatable. Like like everyone forgets that at least at one point in their life. So once you see that from Piastri's first day on the job and like <laughs> the McLaren employee saying, "Can you go through the side door real quick?" So I think that was that was very funny. And then like Piastri was showing up late to his first meeting, six o'clock in the morning. He's like, "Oh, like welcome to Formula One." So I think that was a very cool moment in terms of you know seeing how those guys reacted to it and. I think, you know, Zach Brown was kind of being Zach Brown too at the end of the day, right? Like he was just being his jovial American self with the team principles and stuff like that and him being able to lead this team. And I think I think they kind of documented this team pretty well in terms of like, yeah, they, they kind of started off terrible and then they were able to get up to speed by Silverstone and be one of the quickest teams on the grid. So it kind of just tells you that, you know, Things can evolve throughout a long race season. Like I've been saying about this team for the majority of last year, I basically called it from the jump. So for them being able to propel to that type of level so quickly and so fast kind of tells you that it, it's in these long race seasons, you're being able to expand these, you know, lifetimes longer for some of these cars. So, 
you know, Shane, what did you think about McLaren in that episode and some highlights from you in terms of that whole thing? Listen, I thought the way Netflix, you know, portrayed McLaren season was very interesting. I think they did a good job with, it, with you know, for the reason that you said, Ron. But I also, I, I've got to put up and I've got to question the, the fact or the lack of presence um, of one man, you know, uh, Andrea Stella's, uh, you know, appearances on, you know, and, and, you know, I guess conversations about, you know, because he was obviously a big part of that team's turnaround. Like he is, people forget, like this guy's a team principal. Um, at the end of the day, so like the buck stops with him, as you know, Otmar like to say, and in, in that, in that, uh, we'll Alpine definitely episode. talk about Alpine later, but keep going. Yeah, oh gosh, too much <laughs> Alpine talk. Uh, but, but listen, I think it was cool. You know, obviously, I would have liked to see more, you know, McLaren's highs. You know, when I look at when I think of Oscar Piastri's sprint win, that wasn't really covered. Um, the pole position as well, like, I would have liked to see. Uh, more in depth of Silverstone also because like they showed it in glimpses like the race itself but you know they kind of only had the land on Norris you know pass and we'll stop it on lap one and they kind of didn't really resurface that you know again so it's almost like you thought that Lando won the race and really didn't so yeah. I was listen it's always hard because especially when you have you know two idiots like us um, trying we're to fix together we're smart people. We can. Don't don't we're don't portray people, us like that. <laughs> but 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 we're also fools at the end of the day as well. We're just trying to talk. Real <laughs> That's a better here. word. But yeah. <laughs> um. So we're always gonna have something to criticize. But listen, it was it was nice entertainment, and like I always appreciate this, and I always look forward to it coming out, regardless of the season and how it unfolded. Because at the end of the day, like I mentioned earlier, like this is an entertainment business, entertainment industry, and like this is. I think why Formula One continues to grow in popularity is because they are showing sides and, you know, perspectives and angles from their sport that no other league is showing, you know, when it comes to professional sports. You, we get so many cool behind-the-scenes interactions with not only the drivers, but the fans and the constructors and the team principals and the owners of whatnot. I really liked it. And actually, I want to transition now to Alpine's point of view from here, Ron, okay. because I think we have to touch on them yeah. uh, for how much, you know, they were talked about in the in the season like it was really cool seeing kind of like the behind the scenes process of Otmar's departure in my opinion mm -hmm. like I, I found it very interesting to kind of see the logistics behind of it and it was interesting to see like the rest of the grid was kind of the same they felt the same way as us like they were just kind of surprised that you know Alpine was making this you know drastic change during the middle of the season I think it was at Spa maybe afterwards was his last race so it was just kind of abrupt to be honest with you and yes Pierre Gasly and Ocon got off to not a great start. I mean, Ocon got that podium in Monaco. But like, other than that, Rome, you know, this this Alpine season was not great, especially when you consider they finished fourth at the Constructors in 2023, uh, 2022, sorry. And they dropped down to sixth, and they weren't really close to fifth, you know, in 2023. So this is a Constructor that, in my opinion, like, they do have the investment and they do have the untalented drivers, but have they kind of hit this middle spot where it's like you're just not going to be above X amount of stand-ins, you know, especially because Aston Martin developed it, you know, McLaren developed it. There I say even Williams will try to be catching up to Alpine this next season. So it's it's almost like Otmar's departure, Rome, was kind of a sign of Alpine throwing their hands up and saying like, yes, we did a lot of things wrong. We're going to try to fix them. But I also think that some of those decisions, including Otmar Sacken, were kind of impulsive and just yeah. not very, like, smart or, or well thought through. Like, it just kind of felt like they were saying, like, okay, we'll just fire Otmar for the sake of it. Like, I, what were your thoughts on that? Because I know the rest of the grid and 
especially Christian Horner's comments about, mm. you know, his shock that, you know, of the departure, it just seems like it's a bad run organization from top to bottom. That's just my opinion after seeing the documentary though. Yeah, I think that's very fair to say, but I, I definitely want to get into Alfie in a second, but I do want to get back to your point about, you know, resurfacing that Norris thing and Silverstone and Max not being shown that much. To be fair though, like they, they did the same thing when Hamilton was doing all those Grand Prix, right? Because they started this, they started this series in what 2018 when Hamilton was in the prime of his peak of his powers. Like they didn't show that much Hamilton anyway because we all because we all knew that Hamilton was winning. I mean, like when I when I first started watching, I kind of knew briefly that like on the ESPN ticker it would say some like Hamilton wins like this Grand Prix, yeah. wins this World Championship, mm-hmm. this that and third. So I knew that beforehand, but they didn't really we, they wouldn't really show it because they they knew in their back of their mind that that wasn't entertaining and. They know just as well as all these other F1 fans that like this narrative of the season was like over Stappen won all these Grand Prix. But, you know, I think that was the biggest thing for them in terms of that whole narrative. And you mentioned your point about Will Buxton. We'll definitely talk about Will Buxton because I he was back at it again with some of these quotables. We'll talk about him in a second because he's shown in the best light possible, at least in my opinion. But we'll we'll get into that in a second. I want to get into your Alpine point now with that whole thing with Opmar. And we talked about it when the first, the news dropped, right? It was just, where is the direction for this Alpine team? Like, where where is this team supposed to go from here? Especially when you knew kind of the signs were there and the writing was on the wall when Laurent Rossi was acting a fool towards the media going, like, this, this team is amateurism. Like, your CEO can't say that. Like, I, I mean, I don't want to compare him to Horner because Horner's in a different situ- situation right now, like with like, with legal situations. But, like... Like before all that stuff, like Horner wouldn't say stuff like that to the media. Like you, you, it's like it's common knowledge to not say that type of stuff. So like that writing was just on the wall from Rossi's point of view. Like I don't like the way he was in that situation. I don't know. It was just another like drive to survive drama portray that they do every season. It seems like, but it might just be a whole thing with Rossi, and then it kind of just bled down to Otmar just not really acting on the whole Akon Gasly rivalry, which is the one thing I really wanted to go to now. And I think that that was more important than the Otmar departure stuff. And let me tell you why. I think seeing that Alcon Gasly like history kind of like take shape in that series was very interesting to me because I always knew that like they were frenemies, but like I never really got why they were enemies. So I was like, when they were started talking about it, I'm like, I really need them to tell me why that this is like happening. And they give you this full explanation of like, they were 20 minutes from each other in Normandy, France. They were carding against each other numerous times. And on this last lap, Alcon got in his feelings and Gasly beat him in the last lap, but Gasly got disqualified. And they've been beef- they've been beefing ever since that whole um carding debacle for some reason, which I think is just plain, plain stupid, honestly. Like, why are you still beefing over a carding thing? Like, I get it, you're competitive, I get it, you're trying to win. But that's carding, bro. Like, what are you talking about here? Like, come on, Akon. Why are you still in your feelings, bro? I love you, SD Bestie. Like, what is this, dog? Like, what are we talking about here with all this? Like, he's he's got to get out of his own feelings, bro. But like, I think it, I think it, I think that was actually probably honestly my favorite part of the whole season this year was just being able to get that type of deep explanation that you get from these two guys and having these fans stick to themselves. Like, even the diehard fans like us, diehards that have been following fans for like three years, but anyway like us like avid watchers of the sport i would say that more appropriately like we still don't even know what that alcon gasly beef was like before this season so being able to learn it from our perspective as well as a casual perspective as a casual perspective as well that's just trying to get into the sport 
has been very key. And I think that was probably my favorite moment from the whole season. But what do you think about that Alcon Gasly situation? Like, do you think that was the appropriate way of, you know, doing that whole thing? And what do you think about that? Listen, I think, honestly, and it's funny you bring that up from the casual point of view, because, like, my older brother is starting to get into Formula One and whatnot now. And um, I told him to watch Strider survive. And I told him to specifically look out for this moment, because, like, it's a relationship that I think perfectly encapsulates the the vibe around being an F1 teammate with someone, right? Like you can be alongside and driving the same car as someone that you've known for a long, long time. That doesn't mean you're going to be best friends. You know, like you're going to want to beat each other. It's literally every single thing you do. Um, even if you're a grown man in a small cart, which they even winded up to a cart in, you know, cart and park and, you know, did a race, which I thought was kind of funny. Um, and obviously, you know, to Okog per usual, um, it, it was kind of, it was kind of um, ironic that he ended up in the cart, you know, and, and gas ended up winning that mini race, if you will. But um, like, that's the great thing about driver survivor. Right? I think, I think I want to, I'm giving it more praise than I did last year because mm-hmm. I think they're starting to embrace their audience a little bit more, you know? And yeah. we talked about this, I think before the end of, before last season as well, Rome, but like, like what let's let's be honest like driver survives audience is not really us you know like people who have watched every single race you know weekend after a week out but it's more of a sport perspective or a fan who's trying to get into the sport and thanks to this show like we wouldn't be talking about this podcast today you know if it wasn't her driver survived so like it's doing its job and i think you know it's given f1 some much needed publicity I, I don't want to see I don't want to say publicity necessarily but like just like a rep in the U.S. for like yeah, and like awareness this, like, too really entertaining like bonkers like just like I, I wouldn't call it like a league like it's just like a it's a lifestyle at this point yeah, you know like for these definitely. guys and, and for these fans like it's you know you think of what baseball is to American fans as F1 is to you know I don't want to cat like stereotype it but like to Europeans you know like it's their yeah. livelihood yeah and, you know and like, like going to these races like and whatnot and Italians as well with like exactly uh, Mercedes and Ferrari and whatnot and all those other English teams exactly and you saw that too with the Mons episode um the one that I fell asleep during but I I, 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 I hate to put that back up um I listen Ferrari making me fall asleep is not something I thought would be uh, big so funny in this but it's I guess just, you know, if you if you know him is nowadays. If you know him as well as I do, like it's just, it's just his mo. Like this dude, like sleeps like everywhere on like every flight, every like he. You could have him sleep in an igloo for all I care, and bro could just still snooze there for like seven hours. Like I'm gonna have to bring this up because I thought this is really funny. I'm gonna bring this up because I thought it was really funny. I'm gonna bring you into the personal side of this thing, right? So I went to this man's graduation party, and like he had this slideshow of him just snoozing on all these little areas it was hilarious your mom aaron was the best for that shout out aaron by the way she yeah. was great yeah but yeah aaron, that, if you know him as well as i do like that's just his mo bro just sleeps anywhere on any time like it's just a given like at this point i don't know bro i need i need i need um uh, i need someone that's like an f1 driver to like show like that personality of it like i, I think kind of yuki maybe like last season like he talked about like how he loves to like nap or whatnot which i can kind of relate to but yes uh, it is true that my mom had a separate slideshow from my actual graduation <laughs> to just me sleeping um, and, and my sibling just taking selfies with me like on their shoulder or whatnot. It was it was the full, you know, like it was five minutes, you know. It was almost and that, that thing just kept playing on loop too, which is the funniest part. Yeah. Oh my God, exactly. that was the funniest part. Yeah, it made no, me laugh. It was good. 
just embarrassing me left, right, and center. Like, <laughs> what can I expect? Though? Versus Chelsea, then it's the snoozing. Like, I'm ready. I'm just coming in with the off-the-dome stuff right here. This is off-the-dome, brother. I'm telling you. This kid's just – he woke up and chose violence to his best friend today, bro. He saw his, he saw his Yankees B team couldn't beat my Phillies, and he was just like, oh, It was, it was a split-squad game. Relax. It's a split-squad game. Like, you know, I'm taking every, game I'm taking every like, ingredient, and I'm putting it in the pot. Dude, it up. dude, your split squad so game is like series. a bullet off a bulletproof shield to me. Like that, like that's that's not working. You know, it's my birds too, are it's way, like, all of like Chelsea losing well. in the Carabao Cup oh and they're sleeping, bro. That's a double whammy. Come on, dude. Wow. You know that's a double whammy. And you're giving me this Phillies Yankees split squad stuff. Come on, we'll bro. see you in the world. What are we series, doing? Bro. What are that's we doing? Here? We'll see you in October. Oh my goodness. That, this, this, it's about to be it's about to be a repeat of 09, bro. Just watch. Just watch, bro. It's about to be a repeat of 09. Don't don't you even play games the like World that. Series <laughs> Don't even play games like that. And 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 the, and mind you, the D-backs are gonna beat you in the NLCS again. Oh, let's let's just see that happen. Again. I would make me happy. Bro. They ain't even making <laughs> the offs. Why how are we talking about MLB, bro? We're just we're just oh my God. we're going on tangents right now. We love we love throwing shade at everyone. Uh, that's the thing fun. ever. Uh we love this over here. But anyway, we got on a tangent. We got to bring this back in a little bit. So um, I think another thing you pointed out too in the chat too was the like the journalists and the people that they chose for mm. um yeah. the kind of the the, the columnists that kind of got to the interview stuff. I want to talk about my guy Will Buxton because my dude was back at it again with the yes, quotables. Sir. Like, yeah, no, he sometimes he has good, these bro. like sometimes, yeah, sometimes he has these like redundant, like casual stuff that people yeah, get. Like the man the is, I would watch this so like us, like we already know what you're no talking reason. about, bro. Like, what is this? The man gets so much hate for no reason. It's he's honestly my favorite journalist when it comes no, to that. He is. No, I'll tell you why. Because not only is he a really like just a generally like like media personality but he's also like just like if you listen to him he's he's just like people will say like he's like like not knowledgeable just because of some of the you know the one-off quotes he says every now and then but like the yeah. guy if you really listen to him in like race weekends and when he's like analyzing like qualifying and practice why not this is like one of the smartest guys i know yeah. when it comes to the sport and like i've learned so much just from listening to him on f1 tv so like listen if will bucks is listening out there like like Keep on doing you, man. Like don't yes. listen to what anyone has to say because like that's what that's what as a journalist too. Like that's how you're going to continue to grow and how you're going to continue to just embrace your personality. So I think with Buxton, like just just keep on doing you, man. Like like screw the haters. Like yeah, like, exactly. At least you're giving some analysis on like a certain uh on like a certain ex driver that was also on this season. Yeah, and and and, and 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 honestly, like if you're gonna give him hate for the drive to survive casual stuff, keep that same energy for when he's doing all that stuff for F1 TV on race weekends. Like, try and keep that same energy because this dude. I mean, I don't watch a lot of F1 TV stuff. I just watch the ESPN stolen coverage from Sky from Crofty and those guys. But I'll take your word for it. Like, I could definitely see him being one of the smartest dudes just from his quotables and the eloquence that he speaks with. I don't know. It's probably just the English in him just trying to bring that out of him. But like, since we're Americans, we're not used to all that eloquence, if you will. But like, I just think it's really cool to hear him speak about F1 and just hearing him just bring all these like quotables and just these like, give it to you straight type of stuff too. Like, like, he, like he's, he, he's, he's almost like, you know, those like Philly radio hosts, but like he brings it in an English type of spin. And mm. I, I know you're going to say something about it, but just let me land for a second. It's just, this is my analogy that's coming off. He had to bring Philly into the equation. Of so course. like, right, so like when I say Philly, I mean like the Philly radio sports host, right? You know, like how they just like give it to you straight. They like, it's as simple as it gets. He like, he, 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 he basically gave it to you straight this whole season. 
but he wrapped it in that English eloquence that we all love from Bill Buxton. And it's just a perfect match. Like, what else do you expect from a dude like him? Dude's just spitting all these facts right now. And I'm like, I'm sitting there going like, mm, I see that. I see that the whole time. Like, it's rare that I, that I ever see a dude that's like that eloquent, that well-spoken about F1. He's just one of the smartest dudes out there. I, I echo the same estimates as Shane does. Like, if you're watching this, Will, somehow, if you are, keep going, man. We... We we appreciate you what you're doing as fellow journalists from America as what as what you're trying to do and you know so we 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 from 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 one from two journalists to another we appreciate your game we uh we we unlike Shaq we are familiar with your game and not not unfamiliar with it if that makes any sense at all I'm just going on a tangent here anyway but another one I wanted to talk about was Danica Patrick too and you brought it up in the chat too as well you thought she was a walking L I I thought she was fine. But the one thing that kind of turned me off was like the was like the edited like ever part. I'm like, why you got to like overanalyze that? Like that just turned me off like automatically. Like I think that's more on the editors than that is on Fitz, uh, Fitzpatrick. Patrick, but like, come on, like, what are we doing here? Like, that's that's not right. But go ahead. Listen, I respect Danica Patrick for her racing career, you know, and like everything she accomplished and especially, you know, her you know, being a female in this generation is nothing short of incredible. But I will also say, you were not on the F1 grid, so stop talking like you were. Because, like, this homie... And no, no, hear me out. Let me land. Let me land. Bro, let me land. Let All me right, land. fine. I'll let, let you land. Let you land. Fine, let you land. Go. Let you land. Go. You would say things like, oh, when you're when you're a driver, you don't know, you know, when, when what's going to be your last year. You don't know what team's going to sign you up or you don't know how many teams are going to be coming for your availability. Like, bro, that doesn't, that's not the case in American racing. It's a totally different landscape. You're trying to talk like you went through the same exact experiences because, bro, you didn't. It's like that one backpack meme. Just let it go, bro. It's over. I, I don't know what you're talking about, first of all. Like, if people get that meme, shouts out to you. But I, that just flew over my head. Again, that's like, that's like, that's like the bullet trying to bulletproof shield to me. Like, that doesn't do anything for me. But um, I think to your point about Rome's that, like, like, crazy by now <laughs> i mean to your point about that though like i see it but i don't at the same time because like i she she did do similar stuff i think she did stuff with like indycar and like stuff with like um indy 500 and whatnot i forgot what series she was in but i think she was in indycar let's just say she was in indycar right so indycar and f1 is kind of similar because although it's not like an f1 per se like f1 is different in that sense but like it's kind of similar in terms of like the team aspect, you know, in terms of, I, again, I'm kind of just the uber casual to the American the car scene. Cause I don't even care about it that much. All I care about is F1 like NASCAR can, you know, kick rocks for me personally. Like I don't care about that, honestly. So um, I, I think with Danica, like, yeah, I, I get your point for the fact that like she was on F1 grid, but like, I think she can take at least a little bit of what she learned in her experience in different series to F1 and kind of, put two and two together but i don't know that's just probably me being optimistic but i don't know that's fair i just think like at that point rome like i would rather see another f1 tv personality that's not an ex-driver that's like actually has like grown up and like known the sport for a while and that's been like covering it rather than just like throwing an ex-athlete in there just for the sake of it like i, I thought that's what they were kind of trying to do in my opinion like yeah. that's just what i thought or was was netflix's goal yeah or you know what that just came up to my head right like instead of Danica Patrick, like throwing like a Lawrence Barreto or throwing like a Jensen, Amen, bro. like throwing Amen. either one of those guys. I mean, like 
I, I get they want to bring a female representation. That's awesome for the sport, but like, yeah, yeah, it, it's 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 a whole thing. I mean, I, I respect it too. Like, shout out to Danica Patrick. Yeah. She was yeah. she was her in her racing days. So. I think this is also goes into the category of us just trying to nitpick stuff just for the sake yeah. of it as well. So yeah, for sure. Um, I don't want to sound like I'm being you know like anti Danica Patrick because like yeah, because we're not we're not broken a lot of great barriers, but. I just thought they could have used that time and other, you know, other people could have been aired, you know, to show their perspective of things. But Netflix chose Patrick in their first season of cover F1 and, you know, all power to them because they're the ones who are, you know, putting this together for us. But Rome, I do think, you know, before we transition, um, I, I, I think actually we got to transition now to um, our eulogy of Gunther Steiner because this guy obviously has made Driver Survive what it is. And it was crazy. Like, I'm not surprised, but it was just so, like, it was so insane seeing, like, him with his, like, book release during this that one episode. And, like, everyone just going crazy. Like, you had even, like, a lot of young fans going nuts, you know, yeah. like, just seeing him and, like, in, like, the airport and whatnot, like, out, out in public in the UK as well, like, on the streets. And everyone was just fanboying him, fangirling him. And, like, it's kind of cool to see, like, what kind of presence he's been able to um, build and also just the personality he's been able to show through this series. So I just want to give a little bit of a eulogy of my guy Gunther Steiner because you know while he might be gone from the team principal side of things at the moment, he'll always be in my heart because of this series. And I just want to thank you, Gunther, for all your services. And I thought it was especially funny that they found a way to sneak Matteo Bonotto into this as well. Oh my goodness! Of course, they got to bring Bonotto in this with like a relationship and stuff like that. Like I, I had to do a no no way. Bro, when I saw they panned to to the to the to the wine farm, I was Vineyard, like, "Ain't yeah. no way this man is getting airtime, and we're in 2024. Ain't no way." Well, speaking of getting airtime, ain't no way Claire Williams is talking about team principles. Oh my, that's spot, bro. It's ain't well no too, way bro. Claire Williams. Claire doing Williams. That. But, that, but that's but that's the thing too, right? Bro. After two years away, she just spawned in, bro. I was like, bro, where is this homie been? I thought I forgot she was like, she existed. I was like, I know, oh. I know, I know. But like, it's, her it's, PR it's, game is strong, I guess. Yeah, but it's but it's the same thing with Danica, right? Like, we're not trying to just bash on Claire because she's a female, and we're like not saying we're breaking barriers and all that. It's really cool that they want to bring in like female representation and stuff like that. But it's like, like, I mean, it kind of pains me to say, but like, you could have put in like, I think, I think. You people like you could have put in like you know like like that you could have put in like some other like principle in there i mean like i i respect her opinion of course like i'm not saying i'm yeah. not respecting it because that's not what i'm saying at all i just think mm -hmm. like it's it was very interesting to see her because i i think what's so funny is that she let off with the like be afraid quote i'm like what are you talking about like i get you're trying to make a joke but it's like what are you talking about T10 with zero points one year it's crazy what like it just i mean it was cool to see her back like props to her respect to her but it's yeah. like you know i don't the know william's name i guess i don't know, I I don't know. the old school williams stuff. days were just a sight to see back in the day like they had these like off the street drivers just driving for them back in the day what happened to the team i loved <laughs> me, me saying that and not even being alive during her glory days in the movies. Uh yeah, anyway, that was that I'm was done. an interesting thing to point out. Uh I'm trying to think. Oh, um before we head out of here, we'll also talk about um the overusage of Alpine and Alphatari in this series as well. Oh my god. Like you really I mean, like I, I respect because we talked about like yeah. Alpine Gasly beef and the Otmar stuff. And but like like we said earlier with the whole Rossi amateurism stuff, like why are we trying to milk this Alpine storyline when it didn't really need to be a storyline? Like we all knew that they were going to be horrible this year. Like we all knew that 
they had those like double DNFs uh, throughout the year. And it was just, it, it didn't really need to be there. It just felt like unnecessary space to me personally. And then same thing with AlphaTauri too. Like I, like I respect the fact that like Ricardo was there and they were doing this whole Kumbaya thing for him, especially after how like last year ended where they had that whole like, that whole, they had that whole like see you later going away party type of thing for Ricardo, not knowing if he's going to come back. And so I think that was actually one of the good things about the Avatari thing. Oh, Ricardo stays undefeated, bro. This man, you want to talk about people getting airtime. He always has a Hollywood script. The man is always entertaining. He well, is Showtime business. America. Damn, uh, Ricardo. Dude, you know what's so funny? The, the, the funniest quote of all time was then they were talking about Ricardo and then they flipped to like Albon and Sargent in that van. I think it was that they were in like Canada or something. And he was like, oh, wow. dude, I, I think they probably pooped their pants like three times. The fact that Ricardo came back, they were like, yes. <laughs> like, and then he, and then he like laid out the whole scene perfectly from where it was. Like he did, like he could have been the director of that whole episode. Like, cause he knew, he knew what was going on inside their heads, which is the funniest thing of all time. Like Albot is the man for that, bro. I love him so much. The driver hormones were popping through. But you had that and you also had the, the the Lando Norris wink comment when it was talking about Lando. Oh my god, well. that was oh my god! I saw this meme of like that comment, and then it under, was like in the first episode too, wasn't it? It, it was, was the like first Riley episode Beaver. too with yeah. the stroll thing, yeah. and then yeah. like it, and then I saw this meme where he said that, and then below it was like this video of this dude like going like this, the face palm, and then like McLaren PR colon underneath it. I'm like, that's so perfect Crazy, because can, Lando can, can be such a PR nightmare sometimes. Like it's the funniest thing yeah. ever. <laughs> Can we talk about, I mean, whoever is running, I mean, we talked about how poor the, uh, you know, run organization Alpine is from top to bottom. Whoever's paying the bills and whoever's like, you know, like on their media side of things for like somehow getting Netflix to like just like overanalyze literally every single thing that happened from just a mid, mid-table mid team, if you will, is like, like, like they deserve a raise because they went to work. They were like, Oh, we had this storyline and this storyline and this storyline. But yeah, we didn't do anything in races. But yeah, cover this and cover this and cover that. Like they deserve a raise. I don't know who it was, but Netflix was glazing Alpine. And it, you know, it looks a little Mahomey there. And, you know, you know, I, and, 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 I and you know what's so interesting about Alpine though is what I, as, as I was waiting for them to bring in the whole ownership thing because yeah, they talked about the whole Ryan Reynolds and then Rob McElhaney stuff, but they didn't talk about the Mahomes, the Kelsey, the Juan Mata. The Trent Alexander Arnold ownership that came in as well. Like, I'm it, shocked. Like, if you were going to talk about Alcon Gasly and Otmar yeah. and Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney, at least yeah. talk about that too while you're at it. Like, yeah, the Travis that? Taylor thing I thought would get, get some kind of noise. And no, also, the, they, the, 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 I thought they would have some kind of joke of a driver like making fun of Alonzo and like, you know, what? No, no, no. Those they, rumors. I, I'm, I'm shocked there wasn't like one of those just like B roll clips of like someone saying like to Alonzo, hey, so how's everything going with Taylor or something? Like that would have been a no, great it was, No, because all of them knew it was fake from the jump. Like they probably talked about mm-hmm. that in their driver little powwows before they go in the little driver parade things. Yeah, they yeah. Cover it. But it is insane. Like the amount of access we get though. Like, like, like it's, 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 it's kind of cool just to get behind the scenes on these drivers' day to day lives. Like I know about you, bro. But, like I know we don't have much time left, but like, I, do you want to do you want to go to another another zoom because i think there's there's some more to talk about um yeah we could go to another zoom but i think last okay. point to kind of bring up with like the mclaren side too before we switch to another meeting is like you know with the whole mclaren situation right? like i love that episode but like the one thing i didn't like about it was like the 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 meetings that zach brown had with like the higher-ups because it's like yeah it's cool mm-hmm. to get that access but like 
you're saying the same thing that Zach already knows. Yeah. Like if I were Zach in that situation, I'd be like, bro, I already know what you're talking about. Like we need to do better. Mm. Like I know that you don't need to tell yeah. me that twice. I will say just to play devil's advocate, Rome, we haven't really seen that perspective of Finns and driver survive like in the first five or so seasons because like it was Zach Brown literally meeting with like McLaren's like funders and sponsors. Like this is a side of things that sometimes people forget to think about. Like people invest heavily like, like heavily into these teams and so like it was kind of cool seeing like the guys who are in charge saying like like listen we're gonna disband from y'all if you keep on like getting them you know p16s and p17s out of the wazoo so i don't know i thought it was kind of cool but i do think i agree on this room they over exaggerated a little bit i think one of those meetings and one of those conversations thrown in just thinking about directing the side of fence would have been cool but they over exaggerated a little bit as well